Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. Hi there, friends. Just before moving to our interview today, I wanted to mention an article on the Adventist News Network I read this morning. Its title is God Overrides Wishes of Missionary Parents. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Special thanks to Papa Ioannou family, who are part of our community of Adventist missionaries, for sharing this story. Thank you, friends. Every time I see a missions-centered article, my heart is filled with joy. We should have many more of those. And many of our missionaries featured, of course, when it's appropriate, and so that those stories in the media would not hurt ministries of some of our missionaries uh, in some of the more constricted or difficult places. Today's interview is with Dr. Katya Reinhardt, General Conference Health Department Associate Director. We take up a health variable that impacts every missionary family one way or another. It's the physical environment. We find ourselves in the mission field. Katya, welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. <laughs> now, we're doing a series. That's so can right. you just update us? Uh, where are we? So we are doing a series discussing the 12 principles for um, healthy living and well-being called Celebrations. And this Celebration stands for, again, this important 12 factors for health. And today we're talking about the second E on Celebrations, which is environment. And what we do, we are actually applying all of those principles to a specific context of Adventist missionaries. Correct. Because it is a very specific uh, uh, context. Um, we as missionaries encounter uh, certain challenges and have a, a certain tasks, um, but we want to be healthy. So that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do together. That's right. Many times missionaries have to rethink these principles and be intentional and how these principles apply in their circumstance and their situation. All right, so let me ask you maybe an introductory question to this particular topic of environment. Um, what are the most critical environmental issues in the world today? We may hear about them, but let's quickly review them. Yeah, so there's a series of them. I mean, we often talk about climate change as being a major one. Overpopulation is a massive one as well that impacts people. Uh, deforestation, uh, where people are taking down the trees that are the oxygen of, you know, providing the oxygen for, for the planet. We think about energy conservation. The forms of energy that we use can also uh, be a major issue. Pollution, air pollution, um, water pollution is a major problem. And also we think about different kinds of waste. There's domestic waste, that industrial waste, or even other forms of agricultural waste. And we cannot forget also solar radiation, which uh, can also be a problem. So many issues that are all related to the environment and all impact our health in some way. So now as you travel and as you consult and talk with a lot of missionaries, our entire global uh, missions community, 
Um, let's, uh, let me ask you this. Um, what environmental challenges are most often faced by Adventist missionaries? You know, I think several of these apply to missionaries, but I would say that one major one, of course, is overpopulation. Overpopulation, you know, many of them are living in cities where there's massive numbers of people, and perhaps the infrastructure uh, in that environment is not the best. So they may run into issues of uh, what kind of quality of water is available to them because of that overpopulation in the city they're in, or even what kind of quality of air uh, is available to them. The food, uh, is there food for everyone? And sometimes there is a problem having enough healthy foods available because of the needs, you know, that everybody has in that area. So overpopulation certainly is a major one. I would also say that another one that's very common among um, missionaries or that they face is the issue related to uh, pollution. We have sometimes population uh, missionaries living in, p in places where very high levels of air pollution, and we will be discussing air pollution in more detail later on uh, in the series, but also water, you know, uh, uh, polluted water where they're in, whether, the, whether it is because of the lack of infrastructure in the uh, methods of waste, um, you know, there is not good ways of, of disposing of human waste in the environment where they're in. Um, and so they have to be worried about whether the, the, even the uh, products that they are using from the ground, whether it is fruits, vegetables, whether they are clean and they're not contaminated with human waste uh, that can create, bring diseases like, you know, diarrheas and other kinds of, of diseases, but also whether the quality of the water that they're getting is adequate. And many times they have to, you know, do things to ensure uh, that they would have the best clean water and, you know, ensure that the food they're, they're taking in is not contaminated. And so many of those things are a reality for missionaries. It's very interesting. Uh, missions in the past used to be uh, rural. Uh, people, uh, missionary families going to rural areas, lots of space, lots of sunlight, well, maybe, you know, it depends where you go. But uh, today, um, it's all about cities. Uh, there are a lot of our missionaries are truly in uh, crowded areas and uh, facing some of the challenges that you are describing, Katya. Now, let's take some of them one by one and let's talk about sunlight. Mm, mm -hmm. um, now, we, we know that it's good, but it also can be bad. Uh, so what, 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 where's the balance with sunlight? Yeah, that's very important. And you mentioned something true. You know, many times because of now we are doing this big effort on mission to the cities and we're one of missionaries in the cities. And, and so there, you know, oftentimes people are inside their apartment. They're not exposed to the sunlight. And of course, there is a real issue, environmental issue with solar irradiation that if you're not careful what kind of sun exposure you have, um, and if you overexpose yourself to sunlight, you may be at risk, particularly during those hours where the ultraviolet rays are directly hitting you in the middle, you know, when the sun is right across uh, in the middle of the sky, um, you will have highest uh, probability that you have a strong level of UV rays hitting uh, your skin. And that can increase if you do it overdo it, it can increase your risk for um, cancers, particularly um, different kinds of melanoma and, and skin cancers. And so because of that, there has been this huge 
concern that people should be careful and many people sometimes start using some lotions which is good to kind of protect uh, you from the UV rays however what we're finding now is that people are overdoing that so either they're not being exposed to the sun enough or when they are they're so overprotective because they don't want to have skin cancer that they use lotion too much and they're not getting the benefits of the sun. Not enough and vitamin D. Exactly. So what we do know is that the same UV rays that are perhaps if you overexpose yourself, you can increase the risk for skin cancer, are the same rays that will transform in your under your skin, you know, the colocal which is an element that will be transformed into vitamin D if the UV the sunlight hits your skin. Um, and so you, many people are now having depletion of vitamin D because they're not getting, getting enough sun exposure. So what we want to do is, of course, is look at sun exposure in a very balanced way, just like we do with everything else, uh, all the principles that we discuss. And, and, and to be aware that it is okay to have a 20-minute, 30-minute exposure to those of you rise, race. You know, you don't have to wear all the time the the lotions that will protect you against those because if you do you're going to miss out on the production of vitamin d now of course you don't want to stay out there in the sunlight you know in the middle of the day for three hours and without any protection because that will increase your skin um, your risk for skin cancer but on the other hand a few minutes here a few minutes there is really not a major uh, concern and uh, we should be able to be intentional and finding time to be exposed to the sunlight uh, for the benefit of getting more vitamin D production. Now, Katia, since this is the only time in this series that we have a chance to talk about sunlight, um, can you just quickly describe, I have a, uh, a number of questions here uh, concerning environment, but what would happen to a person if they do not have enough sunlight, if they have uh, not enough vitamin D in their body? What are the consequences of that? So, of course, uh, vitamin D um, uh, has been linked to many aspects of health in our bodies. We know that, for instance, um, if you don't have enough di di vitamin D, you may be more at risk for diabetes, uh, sometimes even depression, um, because it is linked to that. You know, we need the sunlight uh, for that. If you don't have enough sunlight, we know that for many people, the skin becomes more at risk of developing some kinds of infection or, or different skin problems. Um, the skin becomes oversensitive, uh, perhaps. So um, there's also bone uh, benefits that the sunlight brings. And of course, the vitamin D does bring for you to have strong bones. Um, so there are many other elements that are important in relationship to having that exposure to sunlight. just want to share my observation um, when I meet people from America let's say or Canada there's this there has been this big focus on vitamin D and I think for good reasons mm -hmm. uh, most families would actually mothers would or fathers would give their children vitamin D as a supplement and the place where I'm from there was none of this well we had plenty of sunlight but none of this vitamin D talk yeah and I I feel it's important so and how important would that be then for those of us who are not giving any supplements to make sure that we do have vitamin Well, the very first thing is if you live in climates where there's plenty of sun exposure, and by that I mean people living kind of like, um, you know, around the, um, equator. the equator, as close as possible to the equator, 
Um, if you're living in those areas, it's very likely that you are getting some good UV exposure because that's what the, the form of sunlight you have. And so, but it's always good to check. Uh, but especially for people that are far away from the equator, you definitely want to, once a year, check your vitamin D levels first and see if you are um, under what the normal levels would be. If you are, then it is recommended, um, and we prescribe, as a health provider, I do prescribe vitamin D depending on the level, uh, and people can take that, you know, uh, for a, a little bit of time, and then until their levels are up, and then they may continue to try to either keep a low level uh, of, of supplement or just try to be more intentional about sun exposure. But certainly, people that live far from the equator, they are much more at risk and we have found that most people who live in those environments are by far, uh, most of the population is really depleted on vitamin D. Okay. Now let's move uh, a little bit away from sunlight. Uh, since we are discussing environments and some of the hazards that um, missionary families meet in the field, uh, I can imagine a, a number of our families have experienced or will experience um, outbreaks of diseases in the area where they are. What to do when this happens? Yeah, certainly in some because of the environment, as we were talking earlier, uh, it could be that there is some kind of communicable disease that is spread because of human waste. An epidemic of um, some kind. And it can turn into an epidemic. Um, and of course, epidemic is what, like when it's kind of out of control, where there's thousands of people that are, or you know, a massive amount, number of people that are being impacted. So certainly, we want to be very aware. And um, whatever country uh, you're serving, um, there is ongoing uh, communication about the kinds of diseases that are spreading or breaking out in that region. And so they will talk about, okay, we're having this issue. So when you hear about that, certainly you want to make sure that you take precautions. The own Department of um, Public Health for each country will give certain precautions depending on the kind of outbreak, whether it is related to the water or to the food or some kind of, uh, you know, maybe mosquito related. Um, there are precautions you can take to make sure to prevent, first of all, being exposed to that. Now, if if you are in a situation, and again, depending on the disease, is different. Let, let, let's take, of course, there's malaria is a very common one, and there's precautions you can take to avoid the contact with the mosquito. Um, the recent example of Ebola in oh, West Africa, certainly. we have many families that are there. So Yes. So in that case, uh, I mean, uh, people were really having to go get checked, go to the hospital uh, and be cared for uh, as, as much as possible. Sometimes, depending on the situation, such as uh, in the case of Ebola, uh, even hospitals couldn't take as many people because there was so many. So some people had to be taken out of that environment uh, for another place to be able to receive care. And in case of missionaries, you know, always communicate with your emergency numbers, with through the health insurance numbers that you have, if you're in doubt whether you have uh, the ability to get the care you need locally, just keep in contact uh, with the numbers, and they may need to bring you to another uh, environment to be able to get the treatment you need. And I'm sure in the health department uh, at the general conference, 
if if there are some large outbreaks of some kind, we are always involved. You're monitoring. We are always involved. In the case of Ebola, you know, we were directly in communication with our hospital in the in the place where it was there. There was people coming in, you know, health professionals that were sent to uh, provide care. And uh, if there's a situation where we have to limit the amount of people, then we were directly in communication with the missionaries in the field and finding the best solution to bring them to where they can get the best care. All right, um, let's shift gears again, Katya, uh, in this interview. Now, have you seen, since we're discussing environment, uh, and missionaries, sometimes they cannot just pass Mm -hmm. the issues around them, so they would try to do something about it. Now, this is, of course, called advocacy, Mm -hmm. and uh, the, the... the advocacy as such is, is a huge uh, uh, undertaking. Um, my question is this. Have you seen good examples of environmental advocacy being part of a mission enterprise? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, we have uh, actually very good examples of that. And again, you know, if you think about the environment, not only you are affected by whatever is happening in the environment, but the whole community is impacted. And and there are things that you can do that will benefit not only you and your family, but an entire community. And uh, I'm thinking, for instance, an example of, of a, a place where, first of all, and, and this is common, where missionaries can find this in many cities where they're serving, that may not be a regular um, system to take care of trash, you know, to remove trash or waste uh, that comes from, um, you know, homes and and the regular day-to-day kind of of, um, uh, waste that's produced, the families produce. And so uh, many times in this particular case that I'm thinking of in this city, uh, people just would bring their waste and their trash and just leave it behind, you know, this wall, which was right next to where this compound was, uh, where the remissionary is living, and of course the pollution that comes from uh, not only the air pollution, but you can think of the flies and animals and rats and things that can come because there is not a regular uh, trash removal system. And not just that, um, there is absolutely no recycling. And as you know, one of the major issues with environment is also the amount of plastic that's used, uh, the, 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 how that is contaminating oceans and marine life and all that and so we need to reduce the amount uh, not of only of the use but also recycle it more and so there was absolutely no recycling in this place and in this massive problem where you know you have air pollution you can can you imagine coming out of your house and you smell you know all this this trash and this is what they were facing and if you have asthma or one of your kids, you know, have imagine how that can impact your health. So what this particular group, uh, there's many missionaries there, um, but a couple decided actually to do something about it, not only for their benefit, but they said, what if we started to actually uh, find a way to remove and clean this trash um, ourselves, take it to a place, and they went and talked to uh, others in the community, uh, actually to officials, to get the permission to do that, um, and not only to remove the trash, but actually they started a recycling program that could then, you know, uh, turn some of those recyclables into uh, a much better use in, in a faraway place. Uh, and actually, you know, there's a lot of recycling programs that can turn those waste into something helpful and actually beneficial. 
And so they made not only an impact on their own health for their own environment, where now there was clean street, the, that, that, that wall was clean from all that waste, but um, they also started with the government a, a system to recycle that and made a huge impact in building bridges with those that were also facing um, in the community the same problem. They were there, they didn't know what to do, and now suddenly somebody was doing something about it. And so it created a very positive um, bridge, if you will, to connect with others in the community. So environmental issues, they are also issues for people in the community. Oh, of course, yes. And they impact their health as well. That's right. So, so it's a beautiful way for us to be able to do service in that community. When we're trying to tackle, at least in some little way, um, a, a particular issue, then what happens, people begin to trust us, they begin exactly. to talk to us, they begin to open their hearts and minds and the doors of their houses towards us, That's which creates right. many more opportunities. Yeah, I remember listening to the testimony of this person that was sharing this. They said that he was able to talk, people would welcome them in their homes and say, you care enough uh, that you're doing something that is helping us. I want to get to know you. Tell me more about you, you know, and who you are. And so, again, it opens doors and, and helps us to really be more embraced by those that we are, you know, in, the, in their community serving. Katya, how can we be more responsible for our environments? We cannot fix all the problems. It is not possible. Mm -hmm. In comparison to uh, the great issues and problems that this world is facing, we can never fix all of those things. Mm -hmm. And yet, it is an imperative for us to uh, not pass by uh, some of those issues as well. So mm -hmm. where is the balance? In our mission, where is this care for the environment fits? Yeah. You know, this is so critical. We often talk about that our body is the temple of God and we're stewards of our body, that we need to take care of it. Well, likewise, we are stewards of the earth as well. If we recall, this was one of the first jobs that Adam and Eve received. Remember when God created them and said, now you can take care of this. You know, this is the garden. This is the earth I have created. You will be the stewards of it. So to this day, it's still part of our, um, you know, if you will, not only our call, but our duty really to be stewards of the earth. You see, this is very interesting. Many Adventists particularly tend to think that Jesus is coming soon. So whatever, right? Doesn't so matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter what happens with this earth. In fact, the Bible says that those who destroy the earth will be punished and that the, that the earth is getting more and more destroyed, basically, mm -hmm. you know, the nature. Well, we are not destroying the earth, but, you know, why spend time fixing it or, <laughs> or, or do anything about it? It's just, it's just taking us closer to the return of Jesus. So mm -hmm. what, what, what would you respond to this kind of Well, attitude? still, it is, it is the, 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 the same duty. I mean, we are here to take care of what God has created. Uh, we are, it, when we ignore the environment, it's just like we um, are telling God, well, we don't care about the creation you have uh, created here. And, and we are actually uh, speeding up the destruction of, of this world in that way. So I think, again, as good stewards, uh, God has called us to do what we can. So what does that mean? Well, that means, yes, as far as you can, no matter if you're in a mission field, but nobody else is doing it, 
you're going to preserve your home. Uh, you're going to try to keep it clean. You're going to try to, you know, uh, provide a, maybe a system so that others in the community can benefit from clean water, from, you know, keeping um, the food that you can access clean, uh, from providing recycling if there is none, or even a better way to, uh, you know, put away the waste so that you can reduce the risk of disease, reduce the risk of contamination of the water, of the air, of the environment where you're in. Well, first of all, because this does impact, of course, um, not only you, but the whole globe. And again, as stewards, you have that duty. But it will also impact your health and the health of your children, the health of those around you. And so, again, we are called to do all we can to uh, provide for health and healing for ourselves, for others, so that we can make a difference in the communities. I remember very clearly, um, just a couple of years ago, uh, the city where Amy and I served uh, had at one moment a huge trash crisis. It wasn't uh, a trashy city, it was a clean city, but at, some, at one moment there were big issues with trash, huge piles. The government had no place to, uh, to take all of this. And on campus of the Adventist University where we lived, um, we decided that we will recycle. Mm -hmm. Whatever trash we have, we will recycle. The community yes. decided to do this. Yes. Now, it made almost no impact on this big issue in the government, in, uh -huh. in the country. But we were doing it within our own community. That's we were right. at least doing something. And that created a lot of connections and bridges with the community around yes. the non-Adventist community. Yes. It, it gave an additional picture to, what, uh, to the responsibility that Adventists have, to, to the image. Um, it was all around a positive experience, Kari. Yes. And, yes. and going back to what you said, um, that God asked Adam to take care. I think we need to learn to take care of our environment around us as much as we can because we will continue doing this in heaven. That's right. That is right. Any last words for us to finish this? Well, I just want to encourage each missionary, uh, whatever they are living, there are areas in the environment that probably need improvement. And uh, they can look starting with their own home, where they are. Of course, various differences depending where they're serving. Maybe for some it's related to the waters. Maybe for some it's related to the air. Maybe it's something that, like you're saying, like the, the, you know, impacts the whole community, like a trash uh, system. But sometimes it just begins with simple things like, you know, uh, avoiding the use of plastic bags or, you know, or, or plastic and trying to use more paper bags. You know, simple decisions that we make, we are teaching our children so they also will be caring for the environment, thinking that, yes, this is the beautiful earth that God has created. It's not what it was in Adam's time, but still we do all we can to be good stewards, preserving this, not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of others in the community and more importantly, to honor God. Thank you, Katya. My pleasure. In light of today's interview, I can't but bring our attention back to the featured theme page on the IWM website, which we titled Missionary Health. You can find it at iwm.adventist.org forward slash health. Now, this page is a collection of several interviews we've done with Dr. Reiner, which are a part of the Celebrations series. 
You can also find a recent interview. It's the episode number 21 with Dr. Anne Hamill titled Six Mental Health Challenges That Put Every Missionary at Risk. And while I'm on here, one great way to keep updated with a topic, say the topic of missionary health, is to click the big red follow this topic button while you're on the page. You'll be notified about new additions to this particular subject. Friends, I hope we all remember that this week, on June 27, we have an online event, a webinar. This time, we're hosting Hensley Maruven, GC Undersecretary, who will be presenting on how to face conflict of interest in many times dubious cultural situations in the mission field. To find all further details and to register, go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash webinars. My name is Alex Ott, and I am looking forward to seeing you next week.